I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with Justin Stiver, physical therapist and owner or co-owner of Total Therapy Florida, not Total Therapy Solutions, but previously was Total Therapy Solutions. We're going to go over a bunch of things. Justin previously worked for Tony Maritato. If you guys watch me listen, you know Tony, of course. He's been on the show a bunch. And uh, Justin and his team have grown from that original location to now seven. They're also doing home mobile therapy we're going to get into because that's you know my competency here in New York City. We are going to cover how Justin has grown and plans to fill up the newest locations, the four, five, six, or seven locations that have opened in the last year or so. They're going through a lot of growth. I know Tony and I have spoken in the past and he had mentioned, this is before Justin, before he even mentioned your name, saying, you know, a previous therapist, you know, bought this clinic and then, you know, Tony and his wife moved out of Florida either before or after that. And I think he mentioned, you know, you had a partner or an investor. And so I want to get into all of that. Justin, welcome on the show. Thank you, Dave. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Let's start with a way for practice owners to potentially get more clinical students or clinical rotation students for their affiliations, for their DPT programs, where a lot of practices do this. And they, you mentioned this on uh, the Strata Studios episode with Paul Singh. I heard this uh, either clip or part of the episode. The story was just genius. It just, it blew my mind. So Let's go into that really quick. I want to just start there and then we can kind of circle back to your growth and, and the company and the practice and all that. Yeah, that's a fun, a fun story. So we faced headwinds as far as hiring goes, just like everybody else. I don't I don't need to, need to speak on on that because everyone everyone feels that that pain. But you know, it's and that's that's one of the biggest the things, you know, when you're expanding, you're not only trying to hire for like turnover, but you're trying to expand and find new therapists all over. And in our area especially is tough because we have a ton of patients moving here, but really a, a lot of the therapists and a lot of are actually moving out of town because, because things are getting more expensive here. And so I would say we're actually losing, you know, great therapists here uh, for that, that reason. So I think we're going to a conference. What can we do? Should we sponsor more ads on Indeed? Should we use ZipRecruiter? Should we do this? And we're like, you know, we had four students last year and three of them canceled because of, of housing costs. So those students, normally we can hire about 25 to 50% of those students as, you know, because they absolutely love our, our company, our teams are, you know, and they, they stay on board. Well, we said, why don't we just look at buying a duplex or some kind of multifamily house and offer free housing. I mean, what's it actually going to cost us? Interest rates weren't that high then. So we actually picked up the phone and those, those houses, by the way, were, were going fast. So, you know, so we picked up the phone. We called my actual mom, who is a realtor. And we said, look, is there any duplexes, multifamily houses in Inglewood area? Cause Inglewood's kind of where we're, we're stationed right in the center of all 
all seven clinics and we said and you know yeah there's actually one for sale it just went on the market and we just actually bought it sight unseen you know you know no and these these houses were going like rapid fire so we didn't even inspect it we didn't even do anything we just we just bought it sight unseen and it was kind of crazy that we did it through the car ride on the way to a conference but after that so we bought that duplex and we called every school that we had students from in the past and we said look we have housing now and it's free housing for students. And the only stipulation is that we would like to do interviews with these students first to make sure they're, they're good, good fits, you know, you know, mainly looking for students that are still open to outpatient therapy jobs, not, you know, and, and just, you know, good fits for us culturally too. So, so since then our first round of students, we had four students and we hired two of them. It's been awesome. I think we have 14 students scheduled for 2024. So things are awesome. But, you know, it just goes to kind of show you that these headwinds that you're facing, you don't just have to, st- you know, stick with the status quo and say, I have to spend more money on, you know, ads or recruiters. Those things we still, you know, obviously do those too. But this is just one avenue where I think you can kind of control your own destiny and um, not have to succumb to just because the way things have been in the past or that you have to say that's that's how we have to do it moving forward. Yeah, awesome. And I think if I recall from the interview with Paul Singh about that story initially where I heard it, did you mention that your your mother or someone in your family is a realtor or someone's in the business where you had maybe like, I'm not saying it was a pocket listing, but you had some connection where maybe it allowed you to be a little bit more comfortable in buying that site unseen or. Yeah, that was actually that? my mom's listing. So she's like, look, it's this. And I mean, this is way coincidental, but this happens in small towns like ours. My grandfather used to own that duplex. So, oh, so wow. oddly enough, I didn't know this until we purchased it, but I walk into the, the thing after, after we buy it and I'm like, and this feels familiar. And my mom's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you used to, to stay here in the summers when you were home from college. <laughs> she's like, she's like, yeah, you, you know, back back when you're 19, 20 years old, you were broke and, and your grandpa let you crash out out here for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I remember this this place. So, you know, it was one of those things that was it was inspected by her and we knew that it was sound and it was in a great, great spot. So uh, it was just just no no brainer for us. How do you make sense of that? I guess as a business deduction, as a business write-off and an investment, like how do you make sense of like the cost? Where uh, I know you mentioned previously, like you have the DPT students coming for a rotation. They are treating patients. It's basically free labor. They are treating patients. They might not. They're not going to have a full caseload necessarily. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, yeah. For your situation, they're treating patients. They're generating revenue for your practice. Basically, free labor. So, do you look at it as like, well? If I were paying a therapist market rate to treat those same patients, that's going to cost you probably or maybe even more per month yeah. compared to like the mortgage or, or the payment for this multiplex. Yeah, so we, we actually looked at all that. And also, we, we built out a tremendously robust student program, too. So this is not the only thing we've done to get students in the door. You know, we've, we've had 15 or 20 students you know, probably since 2018 when we started and our students have gone back to their schools and said great things about us. And the thing we we hear a lot of times is that in their past rotations, they've been thrown into the fire and they're not really being taught a lot. So we we have a robust 
you know, student program where we, we actually mentor them and teach them things. And me specifically, I like teaching things about, about being an outpatient therapist that they might not learn in school. So that side of thing gets great feedback too. So I think it was a perfect storm between the, the housing and then the students going back to their schools constantly and saying, wow, Total Therapy Florida is awesome. They have a great program. I felt awesome there. You know, so we also only take last term students, which is helpful a lot because from a hiring standpoint, it's an easy transition because they're almost graduated. And then also they've already had the internships where they've gotten their their feet wet with patient care. So so we normally start our students off with about a half a caseload. And then by the end of their 12-week internship, they're almost to a full caseload. I mean, they can't treat Medicare patients, which is about 55 or 60% of our, our patient population. So, so there's some, you know, some things there we have to work around. But in general, the dollar figure that we have assigned to our students is about thirty-five dollars or $40,000 per student per semester. And that's billing that the student's able to do that we would not have captured if we didn't have a student there at the time. Okay. And then, so that number is important, but then also what does it cost to hire and and actually train a therapist? Because we have 12 weeks with these students to train them. We make money out of them as they treat patients and, and we have a 12 week working interview with them. So it's tremendously valuable. So you have to also assign that dollar figure of what you're paying a recruiter to place a therapist with you. Last one we we hired, I think we paid like $11,000 for. So, I mean, that adds up pretty quick. So if you're looking at the cost to own that duplex, we're looking at all the interest that, you, you know, off of that is, I don't have that dollar figure in front of me, but I think it's around eighteen dollars or $20,000 per year to own that as far as interest goes. So, I mean, that is a drop in a bucket when you consider that we lost three out of four students that one year. So right there, we just gave up about thirty-five or $40,000 with revenue per student. And then the fact that we didn't hire those three students, you know, also you have to factor that in. So I think from a, a straight ROI standpoint, it would be difficult for a practice owner to measure and justify if they don't kind of think outside the box. But also we've built very busy clinics that have long wait lists and, and things like that to where we have patients for those students. It's not like we're taking patients away from our therapist to give to the students. So you know, we actually increase our overall revenue with students there during that that time. Yeah, very interesting. So obviously it's worked out well. Then when you do the interviews, so you're only doing the the last rotation for clinical rotation for students for their affiliation. And then you're doing interviews. Is it mostly phone interviews? You do Zoom interviews? Uh, probably not in person. It's all, like um, yeah, we do about, about 20 Zoom interviews per semester on students on average. And out of those, we pick four or five students out of those about 12 to 20 interviews per semester. And obviously you're looking for like alignment with co- like core values and, you know, the way that they're able to be like confident and communicate on a, a Zoom call. And then at the same time, you're making sure that they're looking to most likely work in your style of practice. So you're making sure yeah. that they're not looking to go to some rehab facility or like a hospital mm-hmm. or something like that. Obviously that they would, whether they know it or not, they're kind of like self-selecting themselves out. And then you're looking to identify potential 
talent. And this is almost like you're, you know, you're curating like this. I call it like, cause I love baseball. So it's kind of like your minor league farm system exactly. where, yeah. where you're kind of sourcing potential therapists for the future. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a stipulation that they will work for us or, or that they're going to move to Sarasota County. You know, that's not the stipulation. It's that you want to work in an outpatient private practice type of setting because we put our heart and souls into training you on all these things. It's the small things. It's a game within the game, I, I you know, like to call it, that makes you a great outpatient physical therapist. So if you have already made your mind up that you don't want to work in outpatient therapy, then you're going to hate this internship because we're we're teaching you all these things because we're passionate about it. So, so that's the message is like, it's a waste of our time and it's a waste of your time if we're not on the same page here. Got it. So uh, let's switch over. So number five, six, and seven clinics that you have, you're looking to grow those and ramp those up. So the most recent clinics, I think you said are only what, three or four months old? Yeah, the, the newest one is about four months old. We opened one up uh, last July. And then the one before that was probably November of 2022. So yeah, we are, we're basically three or four of our, of our clinics are completely grown out and full and busy on a wait almost year, year round. And then we have three or four clinics that are kind of on their way up. So it's a strange situation because you see like you're so busy in these clinics, you're not quite busy in these other ones, but you know, it takes us about, two to three years, depending on the strength of our doctor referrals in that area and other things to, to get completely full on a weight, you know, and the square footage wise, there are smaller clinics and then larger clinics. So each clinic's a little bit different as an entity, but I mean, top line revenue, we're doing over 1 million in a couple clinics and we're doing about 350 to 400 in our startup clinic now. So on an annualized basis. Got it. Do you roughly shoot for, I mean, I know it depends. Some of the clinics might be a little bit smaller or larger, or maybe all your clinics are about the same size square footage, but do you typically shoot for like a million in revenue per clinic in terms of like just... Yeah, that's kind of like the, um, the standard for us, I guess you could, could say. Yeah. So as you're growing this current clinic, like you probably by now you have seven locations and you are obviously had six before this, seventh one. So... Is there a full baked out strategy? Is there some strategy? And then also kind of like seeing what works and, you know, pivoting like on a, you know, monthly basis where like certain things may work well in certain areas, like, like workshops and things in person. Like, what are you doing for marketing in terms of like, obviously you're reaching out to physicians and potential doctor referrals. What else in terms of marketing strategy and and action plan? We're heavy on the physician ortho marketing. We have two full-time business development people that, that hit the streets all day long, every day, and they do an awesome job. We started mobile mainly to, it's almost almost marketing for us because we focus almost specifically in, in orthopedic post-op. So we, um, the same doctors that we've already already worked with, we're trying to get those patients for mobile right out of the gate so that we can control where they go for outpatient. It's it's a it's not a super profitable venture for us yet because we're up to about about five or six therapists um, there and with like three or four PRN. But we, you know, because we're paid with an outpatient rate and we're mostly insurance based, 
you know, we're averaging about $99 per visit with mobile. Our therapists with mobile see six people per day. Our therapists in the clinic see 10 to 12, depending on what, what day it is. So obviously there's a decrease in overall revenue per, per therapist on that model, but it really does. It's been a game changer as far as strengthening relationships with, you know, all the orthopedics, because we almost provide like a concierge level service. You know, we can go out there on the weekend, we, you know, and we take great care of them. So we've definitely seen the strength of those key referral targets get better with mobile, but we, we are, we're dedicated to orthopedics. So we are definitely heavy on the orthopedic physician marketing. Got it. With your home visits, is it always 60 minutes, always 30 minutes? Does it depend on the therapist and their preference? Like, do you have any guidelines there? It depends on the insurance, but the therapists do have discretion to drag it out to a five unit treatment if they need to. If they don't have to, they don't have to. I mean, we definitely target key metrics that, that we would like them to be at, but um, the therapist has the discretion to kind of stretch it out if they if they feel feel necessary. Yeah. Right. And you kind of hinted at it in terms of like getting in front of these patients to kind of help kind of guide where they go for outpatients. So I'm assuming yeah. you would ideally, if it's post-op, so whether it's near placement, hip replacement, and maybe it's some other like, you know, knee scopes, shoulder scopes, uh, probably more lower extremity stuff that we see as well, like home visits wise. Do you typically have your therapist just see them for, I don't know, like uh, one to three weeks, and then you're kind of having that therapist kind of guide them to the nearest outpatient office? Yep. Is that pretty much the approach? Yeah, so the whole thing is we market this as a transition that is best for the patient. So if the patient is doing great after a total hip and they want to start outpatient week two, we can transition them outpatient week two. They already filled out all their paperwork. They don't have to do another intake with another company. They don't have to go through all that red tape. It's all Medicare Part B. So they they don't have to do anything special. You know, so our therapist and the patient can kind of decide if they want to stay an extra week in mobile. They can they can do that. We even have patients that maybe only have have transportation to the clinics once per week. So we do home twice and then in the clinic once. You know, so we we can tailor that model to them and say, this is best for your patient. And it's super easy. It's one referral, one plan of care. And the doctor doesn't have to sign a bunch of things from a couple of different companies. Overall, it's just like a concierge level, you know, for an orthopedic post-op experience that the patient has. Got it. And I'm not sure if you know this, but approximately what percentage of patients would you say love the convenience of your own mobile therapist so much? that they want to just stay in, at home and do the whole plan of care at home? Is there like, is it 5 or 10%? Is it like 40 or 50%? It's probably 25%. Yeah, it's probably 25%. Now, if it's a total knee, which is a, a good chunk of what we, we do, we do have specialty equipment in the clinics that the patient knows that we have. So they're kind of looking forward to getting on on those machines and, and kind of, so it's it's explained to them that, Sure, we can we can stay at at your house for the whole plan of care if you want us to, but there are benefits to going into our you know also. So the best of both worlds is that hybrid model in our minds, but it's certainly great outcomes either way, you know. What's some of the specialty equipment like total gym and like other therapeutic exercise equipment? We have a Genuese in every clinic. I don't know if you've heard of that company, um, but 
if you haven't looked them up, they're, um, I want to say they're made in, they're headquartered in Oregon, maybe, but it's a specialty thing that, that helps with the passive range of motion and the patient's ah, in control. Okay. And it gives you all the I digital see. readouts and it tracks your progress. And, and, uh, so every clinic of ours has at least one of these, these, if not two. So, yeah. So just sh- I I, share my screen. Is this it? Yeah, that's the gen, I think one or two model. They, they're a lot more robust at this point, but, um, yeah. So that little screen the person has there, if you click on that first one, that first picture, that's the newest, newest model here. Uh, it's a pretty cool machine. It lets the patient track all their progress. It, um, actually gives you all the feedback on the range of motion that you're getting. And it, um, the science behind it is that it's supposed to decrease muscle guarding because the patient's in control and the therapist is not pushing them. They're being pushed by themselves so they can relax into it a little bit more. So I'd say on average knee replacement patient, we're, we're sitting them in that thing for about 10 to 15 minutes per treatment session. This is with this digital display where it can show the range of motion. Yeah, exactly. Very interesting. So we're actually working with a company right now to pilot a rental home unit that we can set them up for in their, their house too. So that's, that's kind of next. Got it. And you have one of these in each of your clinics. Yep. Yeah. What, what does this go for? Every clinic has at least one, if, if, if not, not two and, and some of the, you know, more. Wow. Okay. These are like, I'm assuming a couple thousand bucks, two to five. I think they're about, I want to say 8,000 bucks now. Okay. new. And we're, you know, that's kind of, that's what we've built our brand around is having things that other clinics maybe don't have, having training with the therapists that maybe other clinics don't have and marketing the hell out of it, you know, so that, so that doctors know about it and the patients know about it. And I think that's why we've been able to grow to a, a level where we're doing, you know, eight or nine, 900,000 plus per clinic, which is kind of all the clinics that, that I, you know, I've actually looked at to, to start or buy. It seems like if there's no marketing going on, if there's no, they're sitting around the three to five hundred thousand dollar range, as far as revenue goes, you know. And for us, we have such high expenses because of things like like this that we we do that we really make our profit margins once we get over seven hundred fifty thousand. That's when our profit margins start going through the roof because. At yeah, that point, we've already met all the fixed fixed costs, and and um, we go from about a fifteen percent profit margin, you know, to a twenty five or thirty percent profit margin once we, you know, get higher. So it's it's a key for us to, is to get to that eight fifty to you know nine fifty range because that's that's when we're at a twenty five or thirty percent profit margin in that that office. Got it. Awesome. And in terms of uh, so you have your two full time. Uh, team members that are kind of going out and meeting with physicians and offices, uh, doctor's offices, front desk staff, all of that. I know Tony has mentioned on, uh, he's got a great YouTube channel and the, the whole learn Medicare billing thing. He's doing a great job. Um, but one of the videos that he posted a while back, maybe in the past year or two was basically like his approach or his idea of approaching physicians by saying like, I know you already have a ton of therapy places, options, places that you send all your patients and like basically like I'm no better and I'm not going to say that I'm better and like, you know, different than what's out there. What I can say is if you need someone to get in within 24 hours, that's where I can help you. 
If you need, you know, if you have someone that's a, a challenging or difficult patient, we'll take them. Like kind of being a little bit different or a little bit nuanced in terms of at least him, like kind of putting himself in the physician's shoes, which is like the physician already has a list of therapy places nearby. Maybe you're at the top of that list and maybe you're not even on that list at all. But it's like approaching them with like, here's how I can help in a way that like maybe other therapy practices aren't presenting their offering. Is that one of the ways? I mean, what what else have you like? How else do you train those two full time individuals to go out and and meet with physicians and front desk staff there? I will say every physician is different. There are physicians that hold the keys pretty close. There's other physicians' offices where you just have to go in there and figure out the logistics of how that office sends business. You know, there's a lot of times where you could go right to the top of the pyramid and try and get that physician's attention to play golf or to go out to, you know, after work for, for drinks or whatever. And, and you, and you realize that the physician isn't the one sitting there, you know, dictating where the patient goes. It's the receptionist that you've walked past 15 or 20 times. So there's every office is totally different. It's like a giant game of chess. You know, it's, it's very strategic. Our team is really good about dissecting how those offices work, which if you don't have someone doing it full time, you'll never know that because you it's 15, 20, 30, 100 stop buys into that office. Maybe 25% of the time you go into an office, you get to ask a question. The other time they're so busy, you just kind of dropping something off and trying to brand yourself, you know? So if you don't have 100 stop buys in that office over the course of the whole year, then you're never going to have the 25 actual meaningful calls where you get to figure something out about that office. But it's a very frustrating thing for a lot of practice owners because if you don't go all in on it, there's almost no ROI. In in that case, I would say the strategy Tony has is a great strategy because there's a percentage of physicians that that matters to, right? It's most of the time the smaller, more personal type offices. But the big dogs, the one that send that do a thousand hip replacements per year, those doctors typically don't work like that as much. They're usually well insulated. They're normally hard to make them change their minds. Everything's working great and they're super busy, so they don't want to change. So those offices you have to chip away at with strategy. And we, we meet quarterly, we meet monthly, and we spend a ton of time on the most minute details about every office. And then what'll happen is eventually, You'll go from zero to where the, the faucet just turns on and you're getting 30, 40, 50 referrals per month from these physicians, which on a dollar standpoint, you know, it's crazy because you're like zero, 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 25, 35, 45 per month, you know? And if you stopped at zero, you would say this is a waste of time, you know? So I think that's where a lot of physician marketing gets a, a bad rap because it's truly like, the winner, there's only one winner, you know, and everyone else is not winning. But then there's also offices where they don't want to do anything like that. And they just have this list that they give to people. And if you can get on the top, say three on that list, and you're going to get referrals from the patient looking you up on Google. So it's a total, if you're going to go into this, you have to look at every corner of it, you have to have the 1500 Google reviews that we have, so that when the when the patient looks you up online, they see you. You have to rank well. You have to do do things well to capture it all. And if if you just kind of if you dip your foot into it, you're going to think that it's a total waste of of time. What do you say to the practice owners or the therapists out there that say, "What about all these physicians that are affiliated with these 
hospital systems and ACOs, and they are basically mm. told or, or or demanded that they must keep all the referrals in-house. Do you still pursue some of those in the Sarasota, Florida area? Or do you or your team identify some of those physicians knowing that maybe it's going to be, maybe you do a little bit, but it's, it may be a lost cause. And maybe you go after some of like the more independence or like the other groups, there still could be larger groups, but maybe groups that are less affiliated with the hospital systems and the ACOs or maybe not affiliated. What do you, what do you think there? What have you seen? There's definitely a, quite a few surgeons that we've said, okay, be nice to them, drop off stuff every once in a while, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on them that are deeply rooted. There's a lot of physician groups, orthopedic physician groups that own their own physical therapy practice in their headquarters around us. You know, there's not as many orthos associated with hospitals as as you would think, but there's a lot of orthos that have their own private practices themselves. So those are actually, if you look at our top 10 referral sources, there's probably eight of them on that list that have their own physical therapy because they say they're in Sarasota. They won't send to our Sarasota office very often because they have their own office. But our Osprey office and our Venice and our Lakewood Ranch and our Punta Gorda office that surround them 15 or 20 miles away, you know, those are getting flooded with, you know, because their patients aren't going to drive from Punta Gorda or Venice, which is 10 or 15 miles away to their headquarters through downtown Sarasota traffic. Um, so at that point, our message to them is like, look, we know how to play this game. We respect your guys' business. We're going to send everybody we can. We're going to we're going to accept the fact that you're not going to send us anybody in in this this five mile radius of your practice. But we have other locations too surrounding you, so we can help you out to where you don't have to spend a lot of time with your patient making. Okay, where do you live? Okay, I know a really good mom and pop physical therapist in this town. Okay, go to them. We're kidding ourselves if we think that the physician that's seeing fifty five to sixty patients per day is going to take the time to do that. And that's the reason why we grew to seven locations so quickly is because we wanted to be a strong player in this orthopedic game. And we knew that they're not going to want to do that thinking. So we have to have locations around them to where they say, oh, you know what? Total Therapy Florida is an awesome place. Every clinic has the genuines. Every clinic is well lit. Every clinic is modern. Every clinic is well-trained and staffed. I've heard nothing but great things about this company. And they have an office within 50 square miles of our office, you know, you know, that are, that are extremely strategically placed so that no matter where my patient's coming from, because people will drive, you know, 25 or 30 miles to have surgery with the best doctor, but they're not going to drive 25 miles to actually do physical therapy. They're going to drive five, five miles maybe. So, so we've made that decision easy for those physicians to say, just go to total therapy, Florida. They have, a bunch of locations and they're great. Um, so you don't have to be narrow-minded and think that just because a physician has a conflict of interest of some sort means that you can't, you can't figure that out with them. The difficulty though, is getting in to actually have that conversation. So it takes months and years and thousands of dollars worth of business development expenses to, to even be able to have that conversation with that physician in the first place. So and I asked our business development team, I said, you know, how many outpatient physical therapy markers do you run into while you're making your calls on a daily basis? And they usually say one or two per week. Maybe physical has a marketing person doing something in these offices. But in general, our area in, in this uh, is dominated by 
by small practice owners. And most of those small practice owners don't have someone doing this full time. So we feel good about it. And so the ones that are doing this full time, they're, you know, they kind of learn as they go. And they're also kind of coached and trained by you and your team. What's the approach with like, you said, getting in there and kind of figuring out how the flow of referrals and and how the business and how, how the practice operates. So sometimes it might be more the physician that's referring to total therapy or some other place or, or other places, or it could just be the front desk individual, the, the admin, whoever it might be, or maybe it's like one of the nurses or MAs that's there. Um, mm-hmm. Is the only way to figure that out is just have them stop by a lot like weekly or every couple of weeks or something and just drop off some pens, then drop off some, you know, little things or drop off cookies or whatever, or just stop in and ask questions and just, you know, hang out for a bit or invite them out for coffee or lunch or dinner? Is it kind of like all of that as as many touch points as possible to kind of figure out what's going on and kind of build a relationship over time? Yeah. So our, our small touches, like dropping off the pens, dropping off the cookies, you know, stopping by and saying, saying hi with a cup of coffee. Those are typically used to leverage ourselves to be able to schedule a lunch lunch with that office, which a lot of orthopedic offices don't do lunches, you know, they're, or they're fully booked out. So you're trying to get in to do a, a lunch. The point of that lunch is to be able to ask one, one question. I almost say like, we don't want to be bothering them. We don't want to be, you know, they're busy. They're, they're, they're you know, looking at you as a marketing salesperson that's that they don't want to spend time with, you know? So but if you don't pry, if you just sit back and you bring them a great lunch, we're not bringing them Chick-fil-A, we're bringing them Longhorn Steakhouse or something, you know, something to just just going to get them to say, wow, you know, this is better than normal. This this guy's not pushing me like most of them push me. They're not they're not dropping marketing material all over the place. So they feel a little more comfortable to come up to you and 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 start talking to you. And you and you try and drive that conversation to being more of a personal conversation, not not a business conversation. But then what you do, if you do all that right, then you earn yourself like the right to ask. I always tell my my team, ask one targeted technical question that you think matters. Like, can you just help me understand how the referral process works? Like is it being passed from the from doc down down to your nurse? Is it coming from a, a list? Like, tell me how that works. And then that's it. You know, from there we get that that piece of information, we can start to strategize around it. And after four or five months of doing that, then all of a sudden those flood, floodgates open because we've figured it out. Got it. And then in terms of the the two salaries for the full-time individuals that are traveling to all these offices and doing the physician marketing, if you're looking at those two salaries as like part of your marketing spend, is that like... And then maybe you also do other things. I don't know. You tell me like if you're doing Facebook ads or Google ads or like any other paid channels for marketing... Is that like 80 or 90 something percent of your yeah. overall marketing investment? Yeah, definitely. Those those two salaries are are the huge share of, of that expense. Um, overall, uh, la- last year, we were just over 6% of our total revenue was spent on overall marketing. So, so and I think they were probably almost 5% of that, that cost. So... Got it. And that, I think that's a good number because I think I've heard others say, you know, like 10% of revenue or up to 10% of revenue could be spent on marketing. So if you're at, you know, 6%, that's like still in the ballpark. And I think we were probably at 10% when we first started. And as we're starting to grow revenues, that number comes down. I would like to see it around 3 or 4%. Because what's also nice about the direct-to-position marketing is that 
it's heavy, heavy, heavy in expenses when you first open up a new clinic, but then you can kind of transition from, you know, whatever that X number is, if you get 500 new referrals from physicians that you would never have gotten that are first time in your, your office, then every year you can repeat those because they're going to be stopping back in for some other problem and they already know us, love us. So they're returning patients at that point. At some point, which is for us normally around, around the two to three mark, or the two to three year mark is that clinic becomes self-sufficient. And then all of a sudden we're as busy as we can get and that team can kind of move on to the next region and, and then just go into maintenance mode as far as those doctors go. So we don't have to scale our business development team like you would think we would have to because, because over time, what's nice about if you do everything right as far as all the therapy goes and the outcomes and, and the patient re-engagement through emails and things like that, you don't have to get 500 referrals each year that you wouldn't have gotten without physicians uh, you know, knowing you every single year. Yeah, awesome. Justin, enlightening conversation. I'm so glad that uh, Tony suggested that we connect and, and get you on here. And I definitely liked your interview over on uh, Strata Studios. So if you guys haven't checked it out, definitely check out Strata Studios on podcast players or on YouTube. Justin, in terms of uh, any practice owner wanted to connect with you or reach out or learn more, or if it's a physical therapist that is looking to maybe relocate to Sarasota, West Coast, uh, you know, Gulf Coast of Florida area, and maybe wants to connect with you to potentially do a rotation or, or uh, work with you, what's a good place, whether it's email, website, LinkedIn to connect with yeah, you. Yeah, they can look more. us up on the websites. I'm on LinkedIn, but if you want to email me, it's my name, Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N at totaltherapyfl.com. Excellent. If you guys find this interesting and valuable and helpful, subscribe to The Dave Kittle Show on YouTube. Also, you can check it out on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. We'll catch you next time here on the show. Justin, thanks a lot. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.